So welcome back uh, to Larry Kudlow's show. We are now delighted to have a conversation with Nicole Maliotakis, who is the brave person running as a Republican in New York State in the 11th District. She is a representative representing that district now, uh, but having to come back and fight for her seat again against the person she beat in 2019, Max Rose. Nicole, how are you doing? It's great to be with you. Thank you. All is well. Um, I am very interested on your take uh, on the primaries that were held in New York State uh, and New York City, and what do we read into them? Do you have any kind of insights into what voters were telling us uh, from these races that were already held, including the special election, which unfortunately was won by a Democrat? Yeah, well, look, I I think that uh, it was low turnout. People were not used to voting in August. Uh, They already had a primary in June for governor and uh, another state office, and people were just not used to voting in a second primary. The reason we had the August date to begin with is because Democrats in Albany tried to horrifically gerrymander the districts, including mine, to give themselves an advantage in November's election. We fought back. We won. uh, We got fair maps, uh, preserving the integrity of our election system. And, uh, and, and now people will be able to vote in November. It was unfortunate that uh, a lot of people were away and whatnot uh, during the August uh, primary. But I do believe that uh, people are energized. Republicans and independents and common sense Democrats are energized to see um, some of the issues that we're facing nationally be addressed, right? And I'm talking about the border crisis. I'm talking about crime skyrocketing in America's cities. I'm talking about making sure our education system focuses on the things that children should be learning, reading, writing, and arithmetic, Uh, making sure we bring down inflation, that we ramp up domestic energy production to lower the gas prices and the food costs. Those are the things that I think at the end of the day people will be voting uh, for in November. And if that's the case and they want to see those issues addressed, they should be voting Republican to bring a balance to our federal level. I I gather that one of the things that happened, you're talking about low turnout and certainly was that, is that independents really didn't come out because, of course, independents aren't involved in primaries. But in that special election, that probably drove down turnout amongst a group that might be be trending pretty Republican, particularly upstate. What do you think about that? I I agree with you. As a matter of fact, uh, speaking with my constituents, there were a lot of Democrats who said they wanted to vote for me, uh, but they stayed home on primary day because uh, somebody like Max Rose, who marched in front of the local precinct with those uh, holding signs that said defund the police, is not not somebody who speaks to them right now, or somebody who was in Washington and voted 97% of the time with Nancy Pelosi, uh, or who, you know, after he lost, went to go work for Joe Biden and pushed his agenda. Um, So I think you're right. There are a lot of independents and blanks at the end of the day that really, really determine the outcome of these races. And I think they are trending Republican, again, because they just want common sense. They just want border security, public safety. Uh, They want inflation to be under control, and they want to make sure that uh, they can afford to live in America. So, Nicole, I think one of the things that the Republican leadership has failed to do is to present voters with a clear picture of what the GOP will do if they take over the House and or the Senate. And obviously you're in the House, so let's focus on that for a moment. I think people need to know why elect Republicans in, 20, in, the, uh, in November elections 
what are the Republicans going to do? Because I think there's a concern that they're going to spend a lot of time looking backwards, that they're going to be investigating the FBI and investigating this group and that. People want answers to the problems that you have just talked about. So what do you think uh, leadership in the House needs to do, needs to tell people to confirm the fact that we need balance? You know, this is supposed to be a a system of checks and balances, and right now we really don't have that. What can the Republicans promise voters that they will do to provide a check on this White House? Yeah, well, you know, Leader McCarthy has set us up in different task forces. And over the past year, we've been doing roundtables, we've been doing with experts and coming up with recommendations of actual policy. Um, I'm on the American Security Task Force. And on that committee, we've come up with you know, policy discuss- decisions that we want to implement uh, should we take power. Uh, and it has to do with you know, re- reinstating Remain in Mexico, making sure that um, we uh, we complete the barriers at our southern border, that we provide more funding and training and equipment to the Customs and Border Protection, that we go after the drug cartels and stop them um, from, from uh, pouring fentanyl into our country that is killing our children. Um, but also, we talk about the need to support our law enforcement, give them the tools. So, for example, New York's radical bail law. You know, there's not much I can do other than use my bully pulpit to speak out against this radical bail law that needs to be fixed because it's the number one cause of skyrocketing crime, and yet our governor refuses to fix it. But the one thing I can do is introduce a bill, and I have done that, that would uh, require states to allow a judges to use discretion to consider dangerousness. Every state but New York does this. It's common sense. If someone has repeat uh, history, they are career criminal. We know they pose a danger to somebody else. Why on earth would you release them back onto the streets? So my bill would address that um, and, and, you know, can't get passed under Nancy Pelosi because they don't support those types of common sense policies. But under Leader McCarthy, I believe the bill will. And that's the distinction. Um, you, you saw how dismantled our country has become, crisis after crisis under one-party Democrat rule. We need a balance, as you say. Uh, here in New York, we know what it's like to live under one-party Democrat rule. It's ugly. Uh, and that's why people are fleeing our city and state in droves. But we need to have a balance because that's where you're going to get common sense policy. You know, right now the pendulum has swung so much to the left. Uh, so, so our task forces have done the work. We have the ideas. We're going to be releasing it uh, in, in shortly, actually. Uh, and I think people will see a stark contrast. Some of it's going to be just undoing what this administration has done, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Some of it's going to be uh, more creative ideas uh, that add to addressing these issues. I, I think it sounds great. I hope that whoever's involved in messaging can boil these ideas down into some very pithy, repeatable, I don't talk about sloganeering, but just, you know, things that voters can kind of latch on to because these are really important issues and the Democrats are absolutely ignoring them. So I think there is so much scope for uh, rebuttal and improvement on these policies coming out of the White House, which brings me to the next issue. You mentioned Funding. That's, of course, Congress's main power is that they have the power of the purse. And yet here comes Biden giving away 300, maybe as much as 600 billion dollars in student loan relief kind of out of the blue. What is your take on this? What is I mean, do you think your constituents are in favor of this or are they furious about it? What's what's your sort of immediate take on this? No, I, I think my constituents, as many Americans are, are very upset with this. You know, the majority of Americans do not have 
college debt. So why are they responsible now for paying the debt of others? Uh, some of them chose to go to vocational schools instead of college. Uh, some of them decided to work and, and, and then pay off their school at that time. Uh, well, you know, people make life choices, and they need to be responsible for their life choices. I think this is not a good fiscal policy, but also what, is, what does it say to future generations? Um, people cannot be expecting to be bailed out uh, of their own life choices. As uh, somebody made very clear, a constituent who went up to Elizabeth Warren and said, you know, my neighbor chose to go on vacation and buy a nice car and you know, spend their money. I chose to sacrifice and pay off my student debt. There's a difference there, and, and we people need to understand that they have to be responsible for their choices. Um, you know, in my case, for example, you know, my father worked two jobs. I worked part-time all throughout college. Afterwards, I worked full-time so I can go to school at night and receive my MBA. Um, you know, why should I or anyone else in that similar situation or the guy who's uh, a blue-collar worker who's, you know, earning 60, 60 grand a, a, a day, why do they have to pay for someone else's college education? Yeah, I, I would think this is a pretty strong issue in a place like Staten Island. Am I wrong? Well, I, I, I based on the people that I'm speaking with, they're very upset about this. And you know what? This is not the first time this issue has come before us. In, yeah. in the state legislature, uh, they actually passed legislation to allow for those who are in the country illegally to qualify for tuition assistance at taxpayer expense. So here you have a family, let's say, who earns over 125000 They have to put three kids through college. They can't afford to do so. They don't qualify for tuition assistance. But yet somebody who's in the country illegally uh, who did not have to show you know, uh, the financial uh, disclosures uh, that are required by American citizens are receiving tuition assistance. So it's a very unfair uh, situation. But I think this is going back to what you said. Congress does have the power of the purse, and if we take back the House – we will have more leverage. Right now, they pass everything they want to because they don't need Republican votes, right? right. But yep. even so, people should know, and they should be hopeful, right? We Look, even though we're in the minority, we passed their attempt to use taxpayer money to fund political campaigns, okay? We, we, we stopped their attempt to pack the Supreme Court. We stopped their attempt uh, to pass that $5 trillion uh, disaster by exposing it, getting the American people on our side, and then putting – uh, those moderate Democrats in a in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, that that we majority, want. We have a lot more leverage. We we want to see them in a very uncomfortable position. Pretty soon, we want to see them in the minority. Uh, Nicole, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, this is Larry Kudlow Show, WABC and Seven Seven Radio. Thank you so much for being with us. Okay. Thank you. Great to be with you. Take care. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.